Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. There is an invitation standing at the end of all the Bible's revelation. It is, Come, you who are thirsty, and drink. And if any will, let him come and drink freely of the water of life. It is an invitation that goes unanswered by a thirsty world, because in our sins, though we thirst, we don't thirst for God. And so, men die thirsty, and will remain so forever. But if God has stirred you to thirst, and you want Him, what you must do is just come and take. They don't want to gain the glorious salvation that comes to them through Jesus Christ only. They don't want to find themselves actually feasting at the table where Jesus Christ sits and opens up the meal He alone can prepare for you. They want a salvation made up of their own development. They want a salvation that is made up of their own efforts and their own refinements. They want a salvation that spares them to enjoy their own glory but is not ready to glory in Christ and in God alone. So they don't get it. The reason people don't enter into this great wealth and this great life and they don't drink from the stream is because they don't want to. They're thirsty, but as we said before, they're not desiring the right thing. And so as a result, they've not searched in desperation to the entry point until they've discovered that the entry point into that place is Christ only. Christ only. They don't want hell as a judgment, but they also don't want God as a gift. And actually, hell is where God doesn't make His presence known. That's all it is. It's God honoring that desire. You have to come to Christ. You have to come to Him. You have to want from Him. Not only that, so first as you come to Christ, the second thing is you have to come wanting. You have to come desiring, and that's what we've just spoke of. You come to Christ, you come desiring. The third thing is you come and you get it freely. You get it freely. This verse, this wonderful verse, has been the source of reversing people who are trapped in religious formalism. People who are trapped in, it doesn't matter what the religion is, and that formalism can be the evangelical faith. Just believing all the right things, just attending to all the right things, just going to church, just knowing the gospel verbatim, knowing how to say it, knowing how to share it, knowing what it says, but then falling back upon, I've got to make sure I've got to preach this to other people or I'm not saved. I've got to make sure I'm in church all the time or I'm not saved. I've got to prove to God that I believe this by being in my Bible all the time. If I just pray... My prayer will be the exercise by which I know and realize grace. If I just act the right things, say the right things, post the right things, and they get trapped in this formalism and this legalism that believes what God gives to us is received and embraced and lived in by our own efforts. And when it isn't, the word here is come freely. Receive freely. Take freely. It's free. And the language of the Christian life is not the language of try. It's simply this. It's the language of take. Take it. It's there. God has it for you. He gives it to you. 
Everlasting life that will forever satisfy you. Now, this is why we have frustration in the evangelical church even. People who are not frustrated with their own Christian life and their own performance and the outcomes and what they desire. And you know what? They're trying. You're trying. God is letting you be unsatisfied in all your attempts at trying. And God has a message for you. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Take. Take. Take me. Take all my fullness. Take all my life. Take it and know that it's all for me. First you come to a person. You come desiring and thirsting for what only that person can give you. You come taking, not trying, not trying. You come taking in repentance and faith that gift that Christ alone can give you. When you come humbly and meekly and unreservedly to receive and take what is a gift of mercy and what is a gift of utter, unattached to any of your performance grace, that's your repentance and that's your faith. That's it. And God answers you. And how wonderful that God heard me in that first time in which the Spirit moved me to take that and He saved me and He delivered me. But how it is coated in my flesh to fall back upon the try and be defeated in my own walk with the Lord Jesus because I turned that grace back into my own labors and my own effort when the word He constantly gives us of invitation is take, take, take. Come and take. Come and take. Now, That's the summation of the call that ends the whole of God's redemptive mission. That's the summation of the call that comes to us after God has revealed through the revealed word of God his redemptive program and his redemptive plan. Jesus Christ has come to save us. Jesus Christ is coming again to judge those who reject him. He's coming to rescue those and sweep all those who are waiting for him into his unending salvation. And now, at the end of all these things having been revealed and made known, he allows us to understand what is left outstanding is his invitation to come and take his life. It's his invitation to come and take of him. Now, let's go to the beginning of the text very quickly. You see in our text, it says, the Spirit says, come. The Spirit says, come. The Spirit of Christ is at work in our day and age. He's going before us every place we go to. He's working to convict people of sin and righteousness and judgment. He's preparing people for a conversation and a dialogue and the good news. Even though men resist Him and they restrain the overtures of God in their life, God is still speaking. God makes them know their sin and everyone knows they're sinful. They know it. And how do they know it? Because the Spirit of God is making His presence known and He's calling upon men. People want to be righteous. They want to be good and they know they're not good. How do they know that? Because the Spirit of God is calling them and inviting them to a place that they feel unfit for. He's inviting them to a wonderful place that they know they're unfit for. By the way, if you want to attract lost people to the Savior, speak less about hell and more about heaven. And one of the things they'll know is, I want to go there, but I'm not ready for it. I'm not fit for it. Well, that's right. You're not. And because of that, they fear judgment because the Spirit of God is impressing upon them this fear that Christ is a judge. But over all this convicting work, He continues to nurture a message to them of invitation. But come. Come, I have something free to give you. And the Spirit of God says this because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Christ. And the Spirit speaks what Christ speaks. 
And so these are not only the words of the Spirit, but these words of Christ himself. And here's the interest. He says, the Spirit says, come. But it doesn't say the Spirit says, come. It says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. The bride is the church. It's the individuals who comprise those who are truly redeemed. It's not just the visible church that you see in all these different locations, including ours, but it's those who are present in the visible church who have received Christ as their Savior and Lord and have been wonderfully regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling them. When we come to the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus has revealed that He's given His church, His bride, a betrothal gift. You know, when men get engaged to a woman, they give her an engagement ring as a seal of their commitment. And Christ has given us a gift as a seal of His commitment to us as well. He's given us His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us to make Christ known to us and to bring to us the passions and desires and the instincts and the impulses of our Savior and our Savior's heart and through that Spirit to speak and broadcast the impulse of our Savior to others so that we can talk about the fair one that we love who is the consuming passion of our life. And the Spirit's great impulse is to call people to Christ And as a result, the great impulse on the redeemed of God throughout the ages is to call people to come to Christ as well. You come to the end of this passage, and the idea is when you come to the end of the passage, there's so many people that the first instinct of everyone who gets to the end of Revelation is to say, Lord Jesus, come and return. And the Lord Jesus says, no, there's another instinct the Spirit is giving you first. The Spirit is crying out for others to come to me. I've left you here. You remain here for a purpose, and it's to be through the power of the Spirit I've placed you to be the one giving out this message to the ends of the earth. By the way, let me ask you something. Have you heard this message? I mean, have you really heard it? Have in your life you identified that you've come to the end of all your struggles and all your longing, and you can say, yes, I know what it means to be thirsty, to be delivered from my sins. I know the utter despairing dryness of wanting to be delivered from the dust and the moistureless life of being under my judgment and being under the condemnation of my sins. And not only that, I wanted and I longed to be filled with God. I longed to be in relationship with Him. I wanted to be right with Him and I was thirsty. And I learned and I heard that I could come to Christ and I went to Him. And He opened up a fountain of forgiveness for me. And I've drunk of it freely. Do you know that message? You ever heard it? Have you heard it? Have you entered into a walk with the Lord Jesus Christ that's not resting upon your Bible reading plan? I'm not discouraging you here, folks. Not resting upon your faithful attendance in church. Not resting upon making the right Facebook posts that are inspirational and show your relationship with God and whatever it is. Now, there are a lot of people who are trying. Have you got past that point? Do you know when you're trying, you're not living the Christian life? That as you try and as you fail, and God lets you try and fail, by the way, and I think He lets you do it. I would say, by the way, try. Because God says, be holy as I am holy. Try it. And then, praise God when he shows you how miserably you will fail in yourself. So instead, you'll take what he has to offer you of himself. His power, his life. Have you heard this? Are you living in it? Have you heard it? Because there's an injunction for you here. 
Let him who's heard say, come. The message is the Spirit says this. This is the calling message of the Spirit to the age we live in. This is the heartbeat message of the church of Jesus Christ. The true church of Jesus Christ of the day we live in. If you've heard it and you say, I know this, you'll know it in this way. This is your impulse too. Let him who's heard say, come, come. Come to what? Come to the one from whom you can take freely the waters of everlasting life. Come to Jesus. Come to him. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, it should be in light of all this that our prayer would be that you would let that spirit have its way in us to birth on our lips this call to all around us. Lord, if it's not springing freely from us, bring us back to an earnest desire for righteousness that only you can provide. Bring us back for a hunger and a thirst to be with you and to be abiding in you and come to you by Jesus Christ alone and his work and his merits alone. And then let us come and let us take and let us drink free of what you have freely offered. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.